This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Andy Marmion, the author of Your Angel's Healing Words to Guide, a spiritual life book of meditation and awakening. This spiritual angel work is comprised of some of the verses from Andy's own card deck. These angel prayers will act as an angel detox for our soul and work angel miracles in our lives so that we experience heaven on earth. The power of angels is amazing, and they can help us raise our spiritual vibration or frequency through the use of their words. Andy Marmion is a psychiatric nurse of 30 years of experience. He's also an angel coach and content marketer. As an angel coach, he helps people connect with their guardian angels so as they find self-empowerment and healing. One of the ways the angels help is by addressing negative thought patterns and substituting them for a healthy way of thinking. Andy has also written another book, Angelic Thinking, Your Angels Help with Positive Thinking. To learn more about Andy and his work, please visit wisewriting.org. Here is the interview with Andy Marmion. In your own words, who is Andrew Marmion? Andrew Marmion is um, a loving, compassionate man who has suffered much in life, but has used that suffering to transform and change and to help others do the same. That sounds wonderful, that transformation. So before we talk about some of the topics in your book, your angels healing words to guide a spiritual life book of meditation and awakening i have a few warm-up questions as i mentioned off record the first one is what is life to you andrew life is an interesting question i suppose to me life is about um, service the angels told me in, in the past It's um, being love in the heart of the world or in the heart of society. So it's to be, for me, it's to be of service because especially in today's world, there's so much um, uncertainty and pain and confusion and people feel lost a lot of the time. Uh, even even a basic sense of identity a lot, a lot of people don't seem to have. So to me, it's about being a light 
to them to help them bring a sense of um, self, a sense of identity um, and healing, whatever healing they might need um, along the way. And I, I would describe myself as an angel coach. That's the way that they kind of work with me. And I'll be asking you that question in a minute. <laughs> what is to be an angel coach? I love that, that term. So my next follow-up question regarding life is, what do you think is the opposite of life? The opposite of life, a slow strangulation is the way that I would put it. It's, um, it's like life being squeezed out of us, whether it's from the way that we've been treated or maybe we've, we've not been strong enough to offset that. I also think, you know, our upbringing obviously has, has something to do with the kind of person that we are when we grow up. So if we don't grow up with those tools that we need, we allow others to affect us. If we're not very good at affirming ourselves and our own beliefs, then we're open to assault, basically. You know, and all of us, I mean, it's not, it's not um, some of us are, it's not that anybody's better than the other. It's just that those weakness, weaknesses can be exploited. Yeah, I agree. And healed. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Yeah, it can be healed. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And my other question about life is, what is the ultimate, if there is, ultimate purpose of this human experience? I think um, it depends on people's take. Everybody has a different take on it. For example, people who believe in like reincarnation, I don't tend to believe in that. But uh, what I would say is I would agree with the concept around life lessons. Um, we're here to learn and we're here to grow and we're here to experience life that we're going to experience in the afterlife. It begins here and now. And when we have a relationship with the other side, it's, draw it's drawing us forward, it's drawing us on that transformation. It's preparing us, that this life is preparing us for that. And that, to me, that's why um, service is so important because that's a big part of it, is how I treat others. We're not meant to travel there alone, we're to, we're to help each other. Yes, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Yes, yes, and yes. Let me ask you this question: What is your understanding and idea of awakening? A spiritual awakening. Yeah, spiritual awakening. Yeah. Spiritual awakening, I believe, is recognizing who I am in, in the in the eyes of God. Um, that I'm a child of God who, and what my identity is as a, as a child of God or a ch child of the universe. It's recognizing that and as I recognizing that, learning to stand in that identity and accepting what healing, you know, being open to healing and accepting that healing as it comes along. Because again, it's about growth and it's, it's, what, I, it's what I call standing erect, moving from this bent kind of crippled kind of um, stance to standing erect because we've not to be timid as children of God. Mm. You know, we've, we've to stand strong in that identity because it's God given. So if we stand stand firm in that identity, you know, we can overcome anything. When you speak of healing and growth as a purpose or might be a way of living more peaceful and happier life, I wonder if you believe in a destination 
and the idea of being healed, getting there. Yeah, well, it's a process because we can be being healed in several different ways, several different areas of our life simultaneously, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And one, one, it depends on the individual. It depends what it is that's be in need of being 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 healed. Um, but one big thing for me is um, changing negative thought patterns, changing a negative kind of belief system, and that's actually a lot easier to do than what people think. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know if that's answered your question. Yes, it did, <laughs> and I love the way you said about that's easier than most of us think. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, let's explore that in a moment. <laughs> angels, what are angels? Angels are spirits. The angels were the first of God's creation, and it um, took place obviously in, in the the spiritual realm. Um, so we we are obviously not privy um, to to that. We are living a phys- physical existence. Uh, we're limited by time and space, but angels aren't. So they're spiritual beings that were created by God, and there are countless numbers of them, and they all have their own personality. They all have their own function. They're, it's very orderly, the way that they're, they're kind of ordered. Like Different people would, would, would class it differently. I would tend to stick with the traditional one of the nine choirs of angels. Um, I think it's very well explained anything i've ever read on is very well explained because it links towards the angels that are the closest to god like in god's presence the holy of holies um, like the cherubs the seraphim the seraphim and the the thrones and then each succeeding choir it's like they descend towards us you know so they're going from it's like they're going from heaven into like space whether it's the other planet stars and so forth so there'll be angels guiding um, that part of the realm as it were and then other angels that are nearer us that the angels that we would tend to um, experience more like you wouldn't tend to hear people talking about experiencing a cherubim or a throne but you, you but you will hear them saying they've experienced a guardian angel or maybe even an archangel so so yeah so so to me the angels and, and angels are messengers the name itself is me- messengers and they would be here for a purpose you know there, one thing i don't like that i see um, a lot of it's like angels are are, are at our beck and call and it's not true um, angels are with us all the time they're protecting us they're guiding us enlightening us guarding us all that kind of thing but they operate in conjunction with god's will so they're not here to entertain us it's um i mean obviously there is that kind of fun element that they do have um, that will come through sometimes, um, like they, they play with my hair sometimes, they'll do things like that, or they'll scratch me in the back, this kind of thing to get my attention and just to say, hiya, I'm here, uh, let's play. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, yeah. So, so there is that element there, but it's, but it's to keep it in context. <laughs> now a lot of questions came to mind. Uh, before I ask you more questions even about angels because I really wanted to ask these questions. Before that, you mentioned God. I have to ask you this question regarding God. What, who, and where is God to you? 
Uh, well, God to me would be the Blessed Trinity. I would be more along the lines of the Judeo-Christian tradition. I, I suppose I'm a bit of a rebel in a way that I don't... I was I was Catholic in, in my upbringing, but I kind of moved away from the Catholics. Not that I stopped believing or anything like that. Just I was just very disturbed by a lot of the, the things uh, that I saw uh, going on in the church. But I would still hold to a lot of like the spirituality, the angels, the saints, Our Lady, all this kind kind of thing. But so to go, so I suppose to answer your question, God to me would be the Blessed Trinity. God would be there to uh, lovers, um, healers, uh, and 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 again, it's about life's lessons. We're here to learn. We're here to to grow into who God intended us to be, and that's what's you know to guiding us home. And the angels help us towards that. They'll, they'll remind us of things if we forget them. They'll put things in our minds to to maybe to help us make better or healthier decisions. Um, that will help us reach that um, goal, uh, heaven. Try to think of what else, maybe. Is that, has that kind of answered your question? or of, of a? Yes, yeah. I guess I'm still curious about where God is. Oh, where God yeah. is. Um, well, God is in the, the spirit, spiritual realm. And what is the spiritual realm? To me, um, I suppose traditionally people have talked about heaven up there, hell down there, blah, blah, blah. We are kind of in the middle or whatever. I don't see it that way. I, I see it more as heaven is beyond us. It exists with us. It's here and it's around us. And it's kind of like we can't see it because we're limited to time and space. But when it comes our time to actually pass away, to move on, it's just like the it's just like we're watching a film. It's just it just it just kind of fades. And then we see ultimate reality in front of us. It's then that we see we see God, and it can be quite a shock to the system mm-hmm. because we're because we're moving away from a physical limited kind of uh, way. It's a bit like sitting in front of um, a lamp, reading a book, and you're trying to squint and try to read read it properly. It's only a forty watt, watt bulb or whatever, and then somebody comes in and throws on floodlights. Yeah. <laughs> And you, and, you, and you still can't read the book, but it's not because you don't have enough light. It's, because it's the opposite. Mm. You're blinded by the light. What a beautiful analogy. Yes. yes. So I love that. This idea that what you mentioned earlier, more specifically, that God or heaven is here now, but we cannot access it because we're limited by time and space. But perhaps we can access in a sense of um, a state of being, inner peace. We access it with our minds, with our souls, with the heart, perhaps. Yeah, well, well, that's why Mm. I think mindfulness is a great practice because God is like the eternal now. And that's why I think um, I, I would use mindfulness and part of my, as part of my spirituality leading into meditation. I, I do what's called practice the presence of God. That's um, what I call it. And I use mindfulness to help me with that, uh, practicing the eternal now. So let me go back to the angels topic. Let me see. The question I have here is, can we be guided and protected by more than one angel? 
Yes, yes. Um, tra traditionally, the way people talk about angels, like it's like you have one guard guardian angel that you're that you know that comes with you when you come into this world, and um, they're with you throughout life. And then when you pass on, they go with you. They take you, take you home to heaven, and you know your best buddies and blah blah blah. But in actual fact, it's it's deeper than that. Um, before we're actually born or even conceived, um, God has in mind, right, okay, and this is out of obviously trillions and trillions of angels, um, but God's so intelligent, he'll just say like, okay, there's um, Jimmy over there, he'll be an excellent angel for this lad that's about to be born. And, uh, you know, the angel, you know, so, the, so automatically God will say to the angel, um, how would you like to be this man's or woman's, guard, woman's guardian angel? And um, the angels get excited at that because, again, um, the thing I love about the, uh, about the angels is we are called to be like them as well because they, they're delighted to serve. You know, they love God so much that that being asked is like a, is like um, an honour to be asked by God to do something. So, to me, again, service is reflecting part of what uh, of what they're about. But anyway, to get back to the uh, guardian angels, so that that angel will accompany the the child as the child is actually forming in the womb. The angel is very much with the mother as well as the baby. So the so in a sense, the baby has two guardian angels, the mother's and their own personal angel. And sometimes you can actually have more than one angel birth. I call them birth angels or primary angels. You can have more than one. They, they say that, that there's they're, they're like leaders and, you know, like the president in America or whoever would definitely have more than one because they have so much responsibility and there's so much temptation around and whatever. They would certainly have more than one. If somebody's going on um, to do something very important, I don't know, say, say somebody like Albert Einstein is going to be of particular and great use to humanity, it might have more than one. There'll be a reason why we have more than one, I suppose, is the best way to put it. And then there's what I call temporary guardian angels that can come in during the course of our lives. And it can be just for a particular period or purpose. So, for example, if I've contracted a, an illness, God forbid, a healing angel could be assigned a guard, my guardian angel might say, well, I'm going to need a bit of help and would ask God, you know, or, or God could foresee this anyway and just send the angel. So you would have a, a healing angel that would be helping the guard, guardian angel. Then things about other things like um, relationship problems or romance angels, if somebody's um, lonely and is looking for, for a partner in life. Uh, other things um, like um, angels of reconciliation. I love angels of reconciliation. They're fantastic. I can actually tell you a story about that, but I don't want to, to yeah. deviate from but will I tell? Will I tell you? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, there was, well, I was. I was. So I suppose this is an example of a a temporary guardian angel that was with me. I was being asked to hold an angel party, and um, basically, what an angel party is is instead of sitting doing angel work, whether it's reading or healing or whatever, with one individual, you're doing it with several people. 
So there's like a meeting, you might do a bit of a meditation with them to begin with, a couple of party games like um, pass the parcel, you know, that kind of thing with the angels. So there might be a wee gift of an angel inside or something. And um, and in between times, you'll be doing people's readings, you'll be doing short readings with them and a bit of healing, that kind of thing. So anyway, I was going up to do this um, angel party but before I went up, this angel um, called, I'm trying to remember his name now, Simon. I think it was Simon or, no, Samson, beg your pardon, it was Samson. And he said to me that he was coming with me to the angel party. And I just said, and, and not, a lot of the time, I don't kind of like talk with them when they talk with me. I, I used to more often, but um, but as time went on, I didn't because as you learn as you go along, you know, it's not all about chit-chat and, oh, what did you have for tea? And, oh, it's lovely. And I had um, steak. What did you have? And blah, blah, blah. And again, they're there for a purpose. So um, I just, um, you know, other angels might kind of, be more playful but you know when when to and when not to i suppose is the best way to put it so anyway he said to me well actually you're going to need my help this evening he said i'm an angel of reconciliation and i said okay i said right that's fine so i just automatically trust trust them um, i've had enough um experiences with them to just trust trust them so when when i got to the the, the angel party I just announced to the people, I said, just so as you know, there's a, a particular angel has come with me. He's called um, Samson, and he's an angel of reconciliation. He helps people to forgive and to be reconciled. And just all of them to a person there sat there with their mouths open and looked at me. And I said, what, what is it? What's going on? <laughs> and the majority of the people that were there were from two different families. And they had fallen out years ago and hadn't been speaking to each other for years. And the reason why they were having the angel party was to help them heal their relationship. That's uh... and it was and it was a tremendous experience. It was uh, a very special experience. You know, there was a lot of healing for them that night. Yeah, so that's a good example of a, an angel that can come in in a particular situation as a as a to help the guardian angel. Or so you would have had all those people's guardian angels there anyway, as well as my own. But you would have had that angel that was particularly assigned by God. Like this is what's going to kind of bring it all together. This angel's going to work with uh, other angels and have additional knowledge and understanding and what to do. So that's the way that I, I understand it. Very much makes sense. To me, the way I see it, it's almost like that's not different from the human's world where we help exactly. one another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's very There's similar. The, the, mm-hmm. Yeah, the difference uh, though, Valeria, is the angels of humility and the angels have no problem asking each other for help, but we do. Mm. That's that's what I think that where the, the the difference lies for whatever reasons. There's obviously different reasons, but they don't have that blockage at all. Right. Oh, so they're obviously more open because they understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a different level of understanding yeah. life and everything else. Absolutely, <laughs> in it's a topic. It's a topic in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have to ask you this question: How did you discover the existence of angels? Well, I always believed in them as a child. I was about, I must have been about seven or eight. And it was actually my grandmother on on my mother's side, um, grandmother Toner, that taught me the angel prayer. I don't know if you know, know it's, a, it's an old Catholic one. 
Um, Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this night be at my side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. That was the kind of little prayer that you, you would teach children um, around their guardian angels. So I always had a sense of angels. I used to, I was always, I was always fascinated by them, and I suppose partly because I was, I was um, always interested in the supernatural anyway. But just um, on and off as. As I, I would go through life, uh, sometimes I would read about them or, or whatever, but they were never central to my spirituality, I suppose you, you could say. It wasn't until about, excuse me, seven or eight years ago, what happened was um, I suffered from depression and I actually had it as a teenager um, because I come from an abusive background. So as I was, I was growing up, um, I would have bouts of depression, but I didn't recognise it as depression. It, it kind of became normal to me, if you if you if you oh, understand me. Oh, yeah. And yeah. when when I was going through life, even though I became a psychiatric nurse, you would th- find that might find that strange. <laughs> you would think as a psychiatric nurse, for goodness' sake, you should you should understand that you're depressed. You, you can see it in patients. Mm-hmm. Why can't, couldn't I see it in myself? True. But it was so normal to me. This is what to me this was normal. This was well, well um, this is just the way it is. This is life, blah de blah. But when I went through several episodes of it, where I would end up, um, it got quite severe, where I'd be off sick for months at a time, maybe even a year, and I'd have to give up jobs because of it. And, and then the last time that it happened. It was so bad and I was suicidal on and off and I, I even had um, ideas of how I was going to end my life. You know, the thinking was very morbid and, you know, I recognised then in particular that I really need help help with this. And a friend of mine, strangest woman that you could ever meet, but a lovely soul, (laughs) (laughs) did did, did me a great favour, I have to say now, because she said to me, Andrew, have you ever heard of the the, um, Novena of the Seven Archangels? And I said, no, I haven't heard of that. She said, well, I want you to do it. She says, I think you'll really uh, benefit from it. And I said, well, okay, I'll do it. And I was in such need at the time. I followed everything she said to the letter. I didn't leave anything out. And on the second day of the novena, the very second day, I remember waking up in the morning and I felt very strange is the only way that I can put it. And the reason I felt so strange was because the depression was gone. And I hadn't been without depressions for, you're talking about maybe 30 years, would you call it? So to me, initially, it felt very strange as, what's this? And, you know, and I would, um, I was married at the time and I, I, I said to my wife, and she says, Andrew, that means you're happy. But is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was amazing and it was gone. It was just gone. And, and you know, they taught me so much and I, I started to understand that um, obviously we, we can all have periods when we get down and we can all, you know, we're only human, of course, sometimes we get upset or we can get down. And I still can myself. But at the least, but I was but I was able to tell the difference as I went I went along. I was able to tell the di- the difference and a lot of it for me was around self pity, playing the victim, being the martyr, 
all this kind of thing. And it was all to do with my abusive upbringing. That's where it was kind of linked to. So they've helped me through the years with that as well. But it doesn't have that same power over me. Don't get me wrong, I still have my trials, but they've given me a a lot of healing and a lot of kind of understanding um, around that kind of thinking process. And um, I'll give you one example of it because it's quite funny because I'd have food issues. You know, I'm still not quite over that yet. I would still have the food issues. And they, and this shows you the sense of humour they have. They would say to me, now, this is it's a bit like this, Andrew. You're getting all your other people's thinking and what's going on with them um, mixed up with your own thought processes. And it's all getting cross-wired. And then you're feeling sorry for yourself, blah, blah, blah. This is the way that we want you to think about it. Think of it as spaghetti. Think of it, think of it as their thoughts and your thoughts and emotions and whatever is all mixed up into a big, <laughs> clump of spaghetti and to separate the two and they gave me this thing about how to use my hands to separate the two and I was I would have to say Mm. and it worked this was the amazing thing it works um you and I would kind of like push away with my hand your spaghetti like (laughs) I was dividing a dinner that's their portion your spaghetti and then I would tap tap my heart with my other hand my spaghetti your spaghetti my spaghetti and then after the while that I was doing this yeah after the while that I was doing this and and I found it great it suddenly dawned to me oh you rotters you use your spaghetti deliberately because I've got food issues that is so wonderful what an amazing story well they have a great sense of humor definitely understand that and that makes sense but that's interesting like in my case I call it intuition Oh, that voice when I hear all these inspirational stuff and funny stuff uh, that sound it's highly spiritual. I think, oh, that's interesting. That's uh, my intuition. So we can have different names, actually, right, Andrew, for, for Andrew? You can. And yeah, because because even that, that kind of thing, like the way that they would communicate with me um, through intuition, you know, because people will say like psychics, but what is being a psychic? Um, well, it's just uh, basically to me, it's like a heightened intuition. It's like um, learning um, a deeper way of being able to re- relate to reality and and using that. And um, to me, the, the angels touch the intuition. It's like they inform you. It's put, like the way that they, they explained it to me is, is like we, we can put knowledge in your head. An example would be when a spirit walked through me one time, um, they can do the same. Uh, when a spirit walked through me one time, it literally was just like two or three seconds and I was kind of a bit mildly traumatised. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the, the knowledge that the spirit gave me was immense. They had killed themselves. It was by drowning. It was in it was in a lake. It wasn't in the sea or a river. It was in a lake. I knew their age. I knew it was a man. It was about nine, 18 or 19. And I knew what I had to say to the family. I was to go to the, the friend. It was actually during an angel card reading, actually, that um, to say to the, the, the friend that was there and what she was to tell the family. So I just, just from one or two seconds walking through me, I got, it was just put into my head what to what to do what to say and what and you know and I got the understanding that I get gained of it and it's the same with the angels they'll just put stuff into your head and gain an understanding yeah 
That makes so much sense. They are actually when we have these elevated, loving thoughts that's coming from that place. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, and they'll do it with emotions as well. Like I I feel, feel, I I know through feeling. um, I can get information through feeling. That's the main two ways that I get it. Sometimes it's hearing like a voice inside of me, like a bit like the way that our own voice, internal voice, it's a bit like that. I don't tend to see them very often. I do the odd time, but, um, but but not very often. But to me, as time's gone on, none of that really matters. To me, it's knowing that they're there. It's having this deep um, knowing. And again, you can use mindfulness with there, this acceptance that they're there, understanding that they're there, so that if you don't have any of those experiences, you can still have this deep sense of acceptance and awareness that they're there. They communicate in different ways you mentioned earlier to even touch you feel something in your yes, body yeah. oh wow so there are many ways that they oh absolutely and and you can get an understanding of their personality as well yeah. through the through the way that they relate to you like the, um, one of my angels is a warrior angel uh, called samuel and he's he's kind of like a gruff old veteran soldier that's the way i would kind of describe him and Sometimes what he'll do, what he'll do to wake me up in the morning, morning, he pulls my ankle. He doesn't tap me in the shoulder and go, "Hiya, time to get up," or whatever. The way another another angel might do that, he just grabs my ankle and pulls me, and uh, get up. You know, don't be so lazy. Get mm-hmm. up. You know that kind of way, like the way your dad might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cute. <laughs> I like what you said. That it depends on personality. So, because in my yeah. case, I would be afraid if they appeared in front of me, or if they pulled me somehow my body, I would be really afraid. I but think they, but they, would, yeah. they, would, they would they would appear to you in a way that you would understand and accept them, so that mm. that fear would diminish or go away. Ah. Yeah, though that that's the way that they they would they might appear to you as a child, so that you wouldn't feel as threatened. Mm, there's so much wisdom yeah because that's what they do with animals you know animals can see them so if a if a a dog has a say isn't well and there's a a nature angel or a healing angel comes to to help that animal they might be the size of like a little pixie to the Mm. dog because if they were to appear in front of them with all their glory at 12 feet tall (laughs) the dog would probably stop (laughs) true (laughs) that wouldn't be good (laughs) Uh, also, they're very wise. Yeah, there's a yes. lot of wisdom. Yeah. Mm. Yes, man, this conversation is so delightful. <laughs> yeah. So, why do you think most of us don't believe in, in angels? I suppose we're living in an age where you know it's a very scientific world, um, technology, and you know the intellect plays a big part in um, society now. About learning and how you learn is through what you read, what you choose to, you know. And we're very much kind of like me orientated as well. Me, 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 me. I think um, the pace of life as well. We don't have time to. We don't even value spirituality a lot of us let alone angels because spirituality a lot of the growth and the way that we um, relate to that and grow in that is through silence is through peace and quiet or being with nature 
you know, and, and people are living such a frenetic pace of life, they don't have time to listen. You'll even have hear people say things now like, oh, no, I've always got to have the radio on or the television on, I can't stand silence. I mean, getting to that stage, I think, is quite sad. If you can't sit with your own thoughts and, you know, there's something wrong. And um, I think another thing as well, uh, Valeria, is um, uh, how can how can I put it? A lot of it is kind of like um, we have to see to believe. You'll even see that in some spiritual writings, you know, like... Um, uh, even 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 in the, the the gospels you would the the Pharisees or the Sadducees or whatever they would be demanding miracles from Jesus yeah, you know and they, they're and, they, and they're supposed to be the spiritual leaders they, they're supposed to be the the ones that are supposed to be a great example to the people and we have this spirituality we have this and we have that but they would demand these uh, miracles you know i think um we have we have to have a simple heart and i mean that in the best sense of the word a simple uncluttered heart and to be to be able to be more open to spiritual possibilities and 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 you know things that go go on around us and um, if we're if we're open open to that you know it's kind of like our spiritual ears are open to that deeper sense of reality again that we can't see or or experience and and it's raw in the raw because of we're limited to time and space but we have to be open to that. It doesn't really require a belief to be guided and protected by angels, right? Do we need to believe in them? Well, no, kind of yes and no. No in the sense that they will do their job. They will protect us. Yes, in the, in the sense that I think we give them additional power, as it were, through, or, or, or maybe it might be more a sense of we recognise our need, the need more so we kind of cooperate more with it. So, for example, I'll give you a, an example. I was driving home one evening and I was very tired. I was after a 12-hour shift. I was really tired. It had been particularly stressful. And I was coming to the last stretch of towards my home and there was a car in front of me with a trailer and it had a cement mixer in the back. And as I was driving along, it was taking its time. I was tired. I was like, oh, whatever, hurry up. Oh, I'll just overtake it. So I went to overtake it. And as I was about preparing to do that, now this all happened in like two, three seconds. I'm obviously the way I'm explaining it, but it happened in literally two or three seconds. It was like a voice of warning inside of me said, slow down and do not overtake. And I thought it was just my imagination. I was tired and I went to overtake. And again, it was very stern. Slow down and do not overtake. So I slowed down and pulled back from the, the car. And again, this is happening in a matter of a couple of seconds. And the cement mixer came right off the back of the, the uh, trailer, bounced on the road. And if I had been overtaking at the time, it would have gone through the windscreen. So that's how you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. so, it's that, so it's that kind of awareness. It's that being open to it and, and, and listening. So if you're not praying and you're not meditating and you're not reading, you know, good books that help you with um, understanding these things, then, you know, chances are, you're, you know, you'll remain closed or at least um, you'll remain sceptical or um, you won't tend to think about it very often. But, um, but if you take on a spiritual way of life, 
it opens you up to all these things and and you hear unclogs it's like getting your your ears syringed <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and that's true <laughs> it's funny because it's true <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> i agree i agree i agree so it is being open because if we are not open then we cannot hear the voice yeah we can't exactly exactly we cannot see the signs true mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Imagination. How do we know when we are listening to the voice of the angels or the imagination? Yeah, yeah. That's a very interesting, an interesting question because I, I would have, when I, I was first experiencing angels, um, I, I had that thought myself. Maybe I've just got a very, very good imagination. Mm-hmm. I would know because certain things would happen that would kind of um, agree with what had been said. Or like that incident within the car, slow down, don't overtake. And also there's a kind of a sense of I know that I know it's Mm -hmm. true. Um, If it's my imagination, it's like you can test it because you can stop it. You can stop that happening in your head. Um, like if it's your own imagination or if the phone goes and then you go, oh, well, never mind that. I'll just answer the phone. Well, it's your imagination if you're if you're that easy, easily distracted from what's what's going on and it's um testing it as well you know testing it uh, by the fruits you shall know them as um, a saying um and i think if, if you test um what you're going through if you are getting it on a a, a regular basis you know you you, you 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 just i just think you just know you just you just know because if you feel at peace with it, I usually, you know, if I feel at peace with it, then even if it's something that they say that might be challenging, but if you have a sense of, well, that's true, that, you know, and feel at peace about it, even you might feel a bit, little bit put out or disturbed or annoyed or whatever, but if there is that peace there, mm. um, I'd, say, I'd say you would know that that's, that that's from the angels and this sense of knowing that you know, mm. and again, if it marries up, with something that's hap- happened or is going to happen, and it, it kind of, and you know, and, it ha- and once it's happened, you look back and you go, "Oh yeah, that's what the angels meant by that," or you know, you you have that understanding. Perhaps from my own experience, the way I can tell the difference between imagination and intuition, everything that comes from my intuition. It has to do with love and peace. One of those two exactly. feelings exactly. arise. Yes. And imagination, it could too, but it's more connected to creativity yeah. from my experience. Yes. It asks yeah. me to create. Yeah. 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 So that's the way I know for sure. But Yeah. And I think, and I think with the imagination as well, it's kind of uh, more short term. Mm, more short term. That's right. So, so, yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like there's yeah. an ending to it, whereas with, with intuition, there isn't. Oh, and another thing that's so true is that it relates to this realm too, has to do with the human experience when it comes from imagination. I have all these things, ideas and all, but from the intuition, it's always elevated. Everything's elevated to a yes. different realm even that I don't know, the unknown, the mystery. Yes, yeah. You mentioned earlier that you don't believe in reincarnation. So I'm wondering why... I used to kind of I did and I didn't I suppose in in the past in the past, um, but it's just that I suppose, you know, how many life lessons can you learn? Do you know what I mean? If you I mean like 
like like like somebody will say like my my first life it was like 2000 BC and I'm like well this is like 4000 years you're telling me in 4000 years you haven't learned that much you must be a bit of a dummy <laughs> oh I see what you mean <laughs> where you're going with that. <laughs> it's that it's that kind it's that kind of thing and then also um, whenever I talk to people or um, about about if you had yeah I had a past life regression I was murdered murdered at the age of twenty I was strangled or somebody else will say yeah I couldn't handle life I jumped off the bridge and it's always dramatic true, no, true. nobody ever says oh yeah I died peacefully eighty four in bed <laughs> after drinking a hot cup of cocoa. <laughs> That's a good point to know. <laughs> wow. And I just think, ah. um, you know, eternity is so wide and so vast that if we have anything else to learn, we can do it there. Because, you know, I suppose the Catholic idea of purgatory, I would kind of hold to because it kind of fits in with um, like ghosts. Go, um, like if there's um, ghosts that. Uh, come back and you know like there's a story of um, St. Trees of Avila uh, that I love, I think it's a really good one she was praying in the church one day and there was this um, nun in front of her and she just thought it was one of the other sisters but this, the, but the nun started to glow and started to glow brighter and brighter and brighter and then eventually just faded and that she was given to understand that she was finishing the remainder of her purgatory here on earth. So I suppose that's kind of why we have those ideas, because, yes, a soul can return to earth. Again, it's for a purpose, and uh, and it's all that God's in control of all this. It's not that we have a say. You know, some people that believe in reincarnation say it's a bit like we're up in heaven, we get a bit bored, or we're not... Um, uh, purified or purged of our all these human desires and we have to go back again this kind of thing well why would you get into heaven in the first place if you're if you're not purified enough god is so holy and pure and whatever to me you wouldn't be you wouldn't go into heaven that's why i, I believe in, in that sense of purgatory what shape or form that takes i don't know i don't claim to know or understand it is it more like a waiting room is there an element of suffering involved like we're purified in fire and a crucible or what I i'm not going to even speculate that i don't want to know <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want to know <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. all i would say say is i love god i love people i love the angels i'm doing my best i believe that i'm heaven heaven were directed uh, that i'll get there and if any of this other fluff in between <laughs> i'll let god take care of that i'm not going to worry about it i'm just too busy doing with my own life here without worrying about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is enough right and there's life exactly. here this moment right exactly. now yeah yeah. There's so yeah. much here. That's and, so true. Yeah. And how could you get bored with eternity? I don't understand yeah. that either. How, I mean, you're going to heaven, oh, my mum and my dad, and maybe yeah. your wife or, or husband or, you know, maybe a deceased brother or whatever. Oh, wow, great. Oh, the neighbours, God, angels, wow, look at all this fabulous colour and this is an amazing experience. And then like 20 years later... Which doesn't exist in eternity because there is no such thing, such thing as time. I go, oh, I'm a bit bored with this now. I'm sick of seeing your mum and dad. I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It just, it, just doesn't, it, just, 
it just doesn't work in my brain, I'm afraid. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I can understand then that. we're all different. Yeah, I can yeah. understand that. Then everybody's different, yeah. Because yeah. so, I've said that to a few people and they get quite angry with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, because and that's the thing. We are so unique. You're right. So it's okay to have different perspectives and be where we are, yeah. right, yeah. Andrew? And experience this life you know, exactly that's what makes, this well, that's way. That's what makes it interesting. <laughs> exactly. I agree. I agree. So everything is so wonderful and colorful, all these experiences and perspectives. Yes. Yeah. dance. So I have a few more questions for you. I called them... Final questions, but before that, I have to ask some questions about your book. So what was the intention of writing your book, Your Angels, Healing Words to Guide? Um, well, the, the, the angels um, gave me these poems. Now, I use the word channeling in the book and um, in, in, in the introduction, if I remember right, which isn't strictly true. It's, I would describe it more along the lines of being inspired or just being told what to write. I suppose mm-hmm. if there are, I can't remember. I can't remember which ones, but there's about uh, five or six that I was given. It was more or less they told me again this knowledge being put in the head, and I just literally wrote it down. But most of the others, I suppose, would be inspired by them. Obviously, also my own imagination would be involved in the, that creative process that we were talking about earlier. Right. And yeah. but it would be imbued with spirit. It was imbued with a deep sense of intention so that it could help people and funnily enough um, they were they would give me like different themes and some of them were around the 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 some of them were around the different kind of angels that they are like we were talking about angels of reconciliation or healing or whatnot well some of them like this in the table of contents they're like nature's angels and uh, dancing angels musical angels Angels of diplomacy, you know, party angels, you know, dream angels, because angels um, can help with dreams as well, all that kind of thing. So um, it was to, so the, the the idea of it was to just to communicate and to share um, those um, poems. And the reason that they gave me them was it was actually my own angel card deck. Um, they, gave, they gave me them for my own angel card deck. And I just thought, I think that would be a great way of sharing it through putting it into a book. So that's what that's what I did, and uh, and, and just to, and just to help people to meditate, a way of helping them maybe connect with angels in a very kind of um, easy, non-threatening way. Yeah. When I was looking in your book, just going down and just kind of um, meditating on it, I was attracted to some of them. Uh, nature's angels that one kind of really attracted me for some reason yeah well i think it can be uh, for different reasons it could be maybe what you had you had been doing that day maybe you had been um out walking in the forest or gardening that day or maybe it's to do with a particular need um maybe you've been too busy and you're it's maybe the angel you feel drawn to it because the angels in nature are saying, "Well, look at you need to relax more. You need to come outdoors. You need to go to the beach. You need to go into the forest and be with nature." Because I have a great affinity with trees. Oh, um, okay. Tree, tree, trees will talk to me if I if I stay with them long enough. Yeah. I get messages from them. Do you call it so? And to me, uh, is it the tree that's giving me the message? I don't know. <laughs> but, if it's, but if it's not the tree, it's an angel. It'll be a, a nature angel. It'll be something along those lines. 
or maybe it's just um, what you're talking about, that higher um, kind of way of being, way of being that we have, that spiritual sense, and then um, linking in with the intuition. It just draws out of us what we need for that time. It could be any of those. Um, I'm not always able to tell. I don't claim to be an expert, but you know it's truth. It's a bit like what we said when we know the angels are speaking to us. You know it's true. You have that deep sense of peace with it and love, as you, as you quite rightly added, uh, that sense of love and whether it's kind of um, catapulting us into action to help others or to do something or to read something or to learn something or whatever, or even just, or even just to be, just to sit and be. That day, it was the nature's angels, but then today it was the goals achieved one. So that also really caught my attention today for some reason. And I went straight to this line that says, choose hearts, true desires, and you will own your goals. That attracted me, that phrase. And it resonated too, because what I do has a lot to do with the heart's desires. Talk to me about the angel coaching. And you also in your book, We Can Win, uh, painting, personalized message, and also an angel card reading. Talk to me about these. Yeah, uh, well, that, well, one of the the, the things that um, I uh, actually, that time I told you that I get healed of the, the depression and I was all very excited and um, angels, 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 everything was about angels, angels, angels. And I c- couldn't stop talking about angels. People probably thought I'd gone insane. I just <laughs> was talking to everybody and anybody. I would even stop people in the streets to ask them, <laughs> Do you believe in angels? You know, people <laughs> thought I was a bit wacky. But, but in, anyway, that things that did settle down. But one of the first ways that they, they 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 communicated with me and with others through me uh, was by drawing other people's angels or painting them. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like doing an angel card reading. Um, I would get a message or I would be able to tell them things, whether it was about their personality or relationship or whatever was going on at work, that kind of thing. And I'll give you an example. I was um, asked to um, draw a child's angel that that these parents brought their daughter along and asked if I could um, uh, draw their angel. Quite a lot of the time, I, I don't get people's birth angels. It's angels that are there maybe for a particular purpose, uh, like we were talking about earlier. They're just maybe there for a period of time or for a particular purpose. Uh, but this but this was this girl's birth angels. It was definitely um, her birth angel. As I was um, getting my equipment ready, my um, pastels, I would t- if I'm drawing, I tend to use pastels, acrylics if I'm painting, but pastels if I draw. So as I was doing that, um, angel that was with me said to get her to pick the colours because sometimes they'll do that and other times they'll just tell me which colours to use so the girl being a you know being a girl she would pick pink and uh, whatever but then the angel said um, said um, you have to pick yellow she said don't don't forget yellow you like yellow when you're using pink and she said oh, so I do she says and she picked the the yellow and um, when when I started to draw it, Angel says you're a terrible chatterbox, and then she said, "Oh, I am." She says, "I talk up my mum's forever telling me to, to that I talk too much and whatever." She says, "Well, your angel says it can be quite funny a lot of the time, but sometimes you need to learn to listen to mummy and daddy 
uh, a bit better. She says, I'll do that. I'll try to do that from now on. She says, that's good. So it was little things like that. I was telling her as I was drawing the picture. And then after I had drawn the picture and I showed her it, um, she was really excited because I'm not an artist. I don't claim to, you're not going to get Van Gogh <laughs> off of me. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll look at it when I've drawn it and I'll go, oh God, they're going to, they're going to hit me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. But anytime I've drawn an angel or painted an angel for somebody, it's a wow factor for them. It's like whatever it is about the, 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 the drawing or the painting, it really means something to them. And this uh, girl was the same. She went, because oh, children are honest. They'll tell you straight to your face. And she's just like, oh, oh it's lovely. And she said, the wings, the wings. That was the main thing about was about the wings. She said, you drew them out of bubbles. I said, yeah, the angel told me to draw bubbles. I was just doing that the other day, playing bubbles with mummy and daddy and blowing bubbles. And I love blowing bubbles. It's a great thing to blow bubbles. Oh, she was delighted. So, it's, you know, so things like, things like that. And the, the angel card readings, that all kind of links in with the coaching as well. Because I would, I would use those um, tools in my coaching if it's appropriate. Sometimes if the person asks... Um, or if I feel directed by the angels or healing as well, angel healing. And angel coaching to me is a bit like life coaching. And as you know, I'm sure um, life coaching doesn't have to be just about life. Basically, it can be a particular thing, a person's career, their love life, uh, mental health and well-being or whatever. It can be any kind of um, aspect. Angel coaching can cover any of those but what it basically is that the angels are doing, and in a sense, life coaching does that anyway, but the angels are trying to get the person to look at the problem or the issues that they've come to the for coaching to try and look at it and realistically. Not because if you go to a life coach, you know, a life co- coach. Um, it's meant to kind of like, it's not meant to be counselling. It's meant to be kind of like you're sitting there and you're kind of bouncing back to them. This is what you're saying. You're giving choices. You're try, kind of trying to draw out of them, what, whatever. So the, the angels will kind of do the same. But um, but what they're doing as well is that is they're challenging the person and also to let them be aware that they have choices because cause a lot of the time, I think when people are um, looking at their life, it's kind of they look at it like linearly, like like it has to be this straight line. And life's not like that, you know yourself. Life's higgledy piggledy, left to right. It's a curve, then it's a sharp corner. You're back in the straight again. You're off centre again. You're back again. Because that's how we learn, uh, and we can't learn and grow if we don't make mistakes or. Or these things, and and but the, what the angels will be doing is they'll be challenging us along the lines of right, okay, you you had this job, shall we say, if we're talking around a person's career, um, this is the kind of job that you chose. It wasn't a healthy choice. Too many men in the environment. You've got a very kind of gentle personality. And it didn't mesh well with you. You felt a bit traumatised by the way some of them treated you. You would have been better to be in a, a kind of a, a working environment where there's a mixture of men and women. It would have been better for you. Um, and they and they can they can, and they can be quite firm. Angels can be. They can say to you, "Well, look at. We told you several times. We told you, you this was not a good idea." 
but you, you've made the same mistake over and over again. And it's kind of a bit like getting a cattle prod. Yeah. <laughs> True. It's not, it's not the same voltage, I have to say, but it's, right. it's a little cattle prod. It's, it's like it's mm-hmm. like your mum would, like would give you a tap in the hand when you stop that, just stop it and listen. You know, the angels are, are very big in us listening. You have two ears, one mouth. Two ears, open both of them, listen. <laughs> but again, the, some people don't like coming to me because of that. Because a lot of people, when it comes to angel card readings, what I found um, was they come to be entertained. Mm. There's, a, there's kind of like a thrill element involved. Or maybe just a curiosity. Maybe they're just kind of like curious. Or, or maybe they've come to try and debunk debunk it or whatever i've had one or two of those as well they're not going to come back to me if um, they start to be challenged you know if that's the only reason why they're there but i have to say that um on one occasion there was somebody that came to me that um i suppose is a bit cynical about it but left kind of um comforted uplifted had a good idea what they wanted to do they were uh, the manager they were the manager in a factory uh, if I remember right, it was something where there were, where there were a lot of workers. I got the impression the way the way that she was talking, it was a factory, and she was the new boss there. The previous boss had been hadn't been a very good one, and had been quite treated people quite badly, and so people's attitudes weren't great. So she was coming in and she was having to start from scratch and trying to, you know, mend bridges and all this kind of thing. So she she came away actually with a, a lot of ideas to help her that she hadn't thought of before. And again, it's um, the angels help a person to open up, you know, because fear, um, I'm sure you'd agree, Valeria, fear oh, yeah. is a powerful emotion and Angel and angels understand us. They know us to a T. They know how easily frightened that we can be, and uh, and and they do understand that. And that's sometimes why they are a bit abrupt, is because because it's a bit like when um, somebody dies and you're in front of the coffin, and some people start laughing. They're hysterical. Oh really? I didn't. Yeah, know you, you can sometimes that will sometimes happen, and somebody beside them will slap them in the face, and oh, it's not. It's not to hurt them. It's to say, it's to jolt them into reality. Don't. It's not funny. It's um, this person's died. You're grieving. You you don't laugh when you're grieving. You cry. Slap. And what does the person start to do? Cry. So they get in touch with their emotions and how they feel, so that they can grieve. The angels are a bit like that as well. They'll kind of give us a little jolt, and it's to help us to. Um, become focused so that we're we're open to the right way of thinking to make the decisions that are going to be beneficial to us and that's with anything it can be with our job it can be with our love life it can be with friendships it can be um, around our health and well-being uh, that kind of thing sometimes they'll use humor as well you know because they know the person i mean somebody that's suffering from ptsd they're not going to come in with a hammer Right. You know, they're going to be very gentle and understanding and that kind of way. It's, it's people that are more kind of like um, stubborn and, what's the word, haughty, arrogant, you know, that they can be quite um, abrupt at times with, you know, like, and, and they've done that with me. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, I, I wouldn't particularly call myself, um, uh, what's the word, haughty or, or arrogant, 
but I can be kind of like lazy, like that example, the angel shaking my, pulling my ankle. I mean, if an angel come up to me and tap me up on the shoulder, Andrew, it's time to get up now. Don't you think you, you've been laying in bed long enough? That won't work. <laughs> <laughs> that won't work, right? <laughs> oh, it's with somebody else it might, but not with me. So <laughs> I need the angel to come along and pull my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the way <laughs> to get your attention, right? Yeah, that is yeah. so cute. Yes, and it's also about healing. <laughs> healing's healing's a big part of angel coaching as well, mm, yeah. because as somebody as somebody is healing, then gaining in confidence as well, and they're opening up, and also they start to um, have the confidence to explore their potential, and it's kind of like a knock-on effect. Then, isn't that they then they grow because they have the confidence of exploring their potential. Maybe it's their life purpose. That's a big, big one for people. You know, what is my life purpose? Why am I here? You know, that's a big, big one. It's interesting from listening to you about your work and the coaching, the angel coaching sessions and work you do. It kind of um, makes me think about exactly that word. It's like healing the inner mm. and the outer world. Absolutely. The healing Absolutely. everything. Yeah. That's yeah. the work. How wonderful. I love that. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? Yes, I would. I would. It can be your interpretation could maybe differ from, you know, from what other people think. But yes, I would literally, for me, unconditional self-love would be basically what we, the, the first thing we learn as um, nurses is to do no harm. And that's the same with ourselves, to do no harm to ourselves. And if we're not doing harm, then life, supernature, whatever, abhors a vacuum. So, if you're not doing yourself harm, you're doing yourself good. Right. I love that. Mm. And, yeah. 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 And okay. uh, that, that's mm. the way that I would view it. And, um, and it's to be gentle with ourselves, not to be judging ourselves. And, and I think we kind of know, I mean, I certainly know when I'm not practicing that healthy self-love because I'm arguing in my own head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we don't have that care for ourselves, then it's challenging to be the same way with others, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think at the same time, we're also left with that Achilles heel as well. Um, because because mine would be around food and um, like I would tend to be overweight, would you call it? And to me, it's to keep me humble, would you call it? I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm healthy enough, but I think we're, we're always left with some kind of weakness or some kind of area to remind us, hello, buddy, you know, you still need God, you still need, you still need angels in your life, you still need help from other people, you're not self-sufficient. So I always think whether it's something physical or something more interior, but we're always, I think, left with something that keeps us humble. What an interesting observation. Yes, I agree. And that might interfere with a healthy self-love as well. It might be a challenge. Yeah, that's true because we're trying to be loving in all areas and that it's not possible in a way because we need to be open to the humanness, right? Yes. The humanity in us. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? Well, I wouldn't need to do, I wouldn't need to do the lotto. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I don't think I would. I think I would just I would just be grateful. 
I would just be thankful and I would just um, ask God and the angels to take care of those I leave behind. If there's anybody that's dependent, that was dependent on me, you know, making plans for them, that kind of thing. But, but I, I would rush out to the, the medicine man and say, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I'm quite um, open to, to, to passing on, you know, and whenever that, that, that is, I don't know. But, you know, yeah, just embrace it. It's another part of living. It's not dying, really. It's another part of living. Oh, I love that too. It's just another part of loving. Hmm, loving life, loving the experience, right? Yeah. As yeah. a whole, not just parts of it. How wonderful. Yeah. What are three things about life you know for sure as of today? As of today, um, life is, I don't need to be wealthy because I already am. Life is just the fact of being alive and enjoying life as wealth in itself. I think being at peace, just accepting accepting life as it comes along. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, I'm not going to make any effort or do anything or whatever. I'm just um, talking about, you know, things that life might throw at me. Um, it's just a, a, to have a spirit of acceptance. Um, and I think... Um, a spirit of love and forgiveness because I'd like I'd like to think that when I leave here that I wouldn't be taking I wouldn't have any resentments or grudges or anything like that uh, that I would just um just as loving myself unconditionally please God I would be doing my best to love others unconditionally too so that's the way God loves that's the way the angels love Magical conversation. <laughs> very much <laughs> And so. healing, very much. Yeah. I love your presence, genuine and fun, <laughs> and your deep and profound wisdom. Thank you, Andrew. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Valeria. Thank you. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yeah, it's, uh, w, it's www. AndyMarmion.com. Wonderful. So the best way yeah, to find you would be the website or the Facebook group? Uh, well, to contact me would be better through the group because I do sometimes forget to look at the at the, the website. But but certainly if they if they do contact me on the website, I'll get their email. Yeah, if they if they do it that that way. And then obviously if they, they buy something in the store or whatever, something will come into my you know, the, the receipts or whatever they call it will will come yeah. into the email email as well. Right. So wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much again. And um, no, thank we'll talk you. so, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was fun. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Andy Marmion and his work, please visit wisewriting.org. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Bye.